Hello again, today I'm excited to introduce the magic, history, and process of pearls via our guest, Mirabel Rosar, the founder and director of Arau Fine Jewelry. Today we chat her story, launching a pearl-based jewelry brand within a pandemic, the metaphysical properties of pearls, and the magic and wonder attached to pearls in history. If you weren't a pearl lover before, you may start appreciating them after listening to our next guest. Well, pearls are generally known to have some calming effects, as you said, for some peace of mind. There's actually a book, it's called Love is in the Earth. Uh, it's a crystal and mineral encyclopedia. And it says that pearls signify faith, innocence, and, and charity. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, that pearls really uh, symbolize power and purity. And this purity can actually stimulate the condition in both one's body and mind. And in doing that, it provides a clear vehicle for the advancing states of wisdom, as, as you were saying, to clean the channel of receipt for spiritual guidance. And I guess that's why you're saying all the more it's relevant now because COVID has transformed our lives tremendously. And it's, it's something that we're really looking into for us, how we're selling our brand. And in fact, it's really more educating people. It's people don't really know it because it's inherently in the pearl. It's just really more, how do you educate other people about it? And if they want to embrace it, that spirituality of, of wearing pearls on a regular basis and how it can affect your daily life, then that's what we're, we're moving towards. After a long career in marketing, Mirabel Rosard decided to finally pursue her passion for jewelry. She founded Arau, in order to curate timeless, accessible, and versatile pieces with a golden South Sea pearl at its center. As the national gem of the Philippines, this precious pearl represents the beauty of the country's heritage, in which Mirabel takes pride in. Mirabel also has a great love for the ocean and enjoys surfing with her husband. This love inspired her to promote sustainability through ethical pearl farming that nurtures the oyster's home, the sea and keeps the environment and its ecosystem healthy. Arau Jewelry aspires to share the beauty of the golden South Sea Pearl to the rest of the world and encourages men, women, and anyone really to find the same beauty within. Rosar is a holder of the GIA Pearl Certificate, the world's foremost authority on diamonds, colored stones, and pearls. And this year, she is also a silver medal recipient of the Expat Living Reader's Choice Awards for her brand in Hong Kong. We welcome Mirabel Rosar of Arau to the table. For my listeners who will be listening to this podcast, I guess, end of March, I got the Rona. I had the Rona, the Corona last week, um, and it lasted for a week um, for me. Were you sick the whole seven days? I was sick for, I mean, I had symptoms for seven days and I, well, but I was really sick for the first two days, like the first two or three days. And now I'm on the other side of it. You know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling well. I feel like I just got injected, you know, brand new antibodies. I'm feeling like Superman right now. Emerging from, yeah, from the virus. Good. Yes, yes. So how are you? How is Manila? 
Great. Manila is feeling back to normal. Although, of course, we're still very cautious. But things are opening up. Your friend, our mutual friend, sent me a screenshot of, you know, the weekly average in Manila at the moment. It's running at about 700 cases a day. And the weekly average, I mean, the, the, the daily average in Hong Kong this past week was like 30,000 cases yeah. a day. It's extreme, yeah. which is what the situation was in Manila in January. Right. Like 35,000. And I'll be, vis- right. I'll be visiting you soon. I mean, I'll, I'll yes. be in Manila <laughs> end of March. Perfect time. <laughs> yes. That, you know, it's absolutely perfect. And yeah, it's how are you feeling over there? Safe. I feel safer. We're more in the countryside, so it's very different from Hong Kong. Right. Yeah. Right. Have more space and fresh air. Right. Yes. So, will you come back to Hong Kong eventually? Uh, maybe not now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll decide when it will be best to come back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell us more about yourself. Well, thanks, JJ. I'm Mirabel. I'm a pearl lover. Uh, Also a wife and a mother of two beautiful daughters. Oh, wow. So in 2020, I founded Arrow Fine Jewelry. It's an everyday luxury brand, which is Hong Kong based, showcasing Philippine South Sea pearls. So that's basically what keeps me busy uh, nowadays. Wow. Uh, You started that in 2015? No, in 2020. Oh, yeah. in 2020, you started your company, but you were doing research and development. I mean, you were interested in this way more. Yeah. Well, I was already that. Starting, starting it in 2018. So when I moved to Hong Kong in 2018, that's when I finally decided to pursue my passion in jewelry. And right. I thought, what better way to start and where being in Hong Kong Uh, was to offer the best that our country has to offer, which is really gold and South Sea pearls from the Philippines. Why did it take having to be in Hong Kong for you to then suddenly just go forward with this idea? Well, it was really quite serendipitous because when I I was in a corporate world for 17 years, I met my husband in, in 2018 during a surf visit, uh, sorry, surf trip in Bali. Do you surf? Yes, I started in the Philippines, we moved to Australia to surf, and then we thought, ooh, let's just move closer to home and move to Hong Kong. (laughs) I had no idea you were a surfer. Yes, I've been surfing for quite a while. And that's probably one of the reasons why I'm so close to pearls as well, because it comes from the ocean. Apart from that... Um, Are you a Pisces? No. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. You just had your birthday last week. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, in February. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. So when I was uh, living in the Philippines and then I got married, my husband was living in Switzerland. When I moved to Switzerland and started to meet people and and I realized acclimating into a new home that there was an opportunity to promote my motherland to the world. There's so many things that other people didn't know much about the Philippines. Even when I moved to Australia, I would always shop things from the Philippines and they would ask me where it's from and they'd be all surprised to hear so many beautiful products coming from my country. So when my mother-in-law asked me where to buy pearls, I just realized, and my mother-in-law is uh, German. So I realized I have to do this. And that's where it's really started. Did your mother wear pearls? 
Well, yes, I've always been surrounded by women who wear pearls. My grandmother, my mother, my her sisters, they're all wearing pearls. And in the Philippines, mainly a lot of women really wear pearls. We're close to the ocean. We are the the one of the top resource of pearls in the world, specifically South Sea pearls. In fact, the Philippines boasts of the best gold and South Sea pearls. The Philippines, it has a lot to offer. In fact, we are the fifth most mineralized country in the world. What does so, that mean? So a lot of minerals are coming from the Philippines, apart from like we have gold. Our country is very rich in mineral resources. Because it's and, like um, uh, one of the most fertile and the youngest land masses, you know, yeah. it's, that's why we don't really have rock rocks. Like we don't have like, like we don't have the big trees yeah. like Japan does. And we don't have like, like we have to import stone yeah. to make, yeah. you know, our Baha'i Nabato, our stone yes. houses and everything. Yes. So our rocks are actually compacted lava made into bricks to build things. So that doesn't surprise me at all that yes. the Philippines is super, mineralized um it's one of our the the youngest land masses on this planet yeah definitely so um a lot of people don't really know these things and that's why for pearls most especially because for some they think a pearl is a pearl and there are actually different types of pearls and amongst all the pearls i would say well the fact is south sea pearls would be the most valuable amongst them all we're going to get into the discussion of, you know, where are the pearls coming from in the world and everything. But I just want to quickly say that I'm wearing an oh, arrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing one of your Keshi pearls. Um, yes. Are, are you surprised that pearls are so back in fashion? And in, like you see them, I mean, you've been posting um, street style photos from fashion weeks um, yes. and they, they're being styled in photo shoots was this a surprise to you or did you already, because you are in marketing, right? Yes. Your background is in marketing communications. Yes. I've been in marketing for 17 years. For yes. 17 years. Did you know that, that the trend was coming or were you surprised by how it's been embraced by like Generation Z? It was, it was no surprise that pearls were surging. Uh, well, apart from the fact that it's part of history, Shells were used as decorative objects in the 4th millennium BC in e Egypt, and even the Middle Ages also referred to as the Pearl Age. It was closely associated with royalty. So pearls have always been there. Um, it's more, it's just different now because the second part is it's a most sustainable gem. The pearl has no waste. So you have three products. You have the pearl, which is used as jewelry the oyster, which is still eaten afterwards, and the shell, which can be used as an accessory or part of furniture. So now that sustainability has become more, uh, uh, more popular and I guess more relevant, we become more selective what we wear and what we, what we purchase and choose. So having more sustainable gems really matter to people. So, so that's it, the second it, part. It is a zero waste yes. process. Yes. So it is eco-fashion, like Absolutely. before eco-fashion. Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. And the third part is it has greatly evolved from being just your grandmother's pearls to a versatile contemporary timeless piece, which is exactly what you're wearing. So it's not just 
pearls for women. It's becoming gender fluid, catering to all uh, people with the same need of self-expression. So it's really being confident of uh, who you are because some some people in the past, it's only women who would wear pearls and it's closely right. associated to women. I would, I have never imagined myself wearing pearls. I'm really surprised that I'm wearing one of your pearl necklaces now. And I'm also, you know, I, you know, I'm buying other pearls stuff as well. And um, yeah. I'm just really surprised because I also remember when I was young, I would go with my mother to Green Hills. Yeah. <laughs> and those were some of my fondest memory going to the market with my mom and to listeners who have never been to the Philippines or Manila, Green Hills is like an indoor outdoor shopping mall strip built in like the late seventies, early eighties. And, you know, you can get lots of stuff there like fakes and original stuff, home decor. Like honestly it was Amazon before Amazon or eBay or whatever. And my mom had a one, we call it Suki, Suki. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like a woman. Yeah, a regular seller. A regular seller seller that you go back to again and again. And this regular seller, seller didn't even have like a shop. It was just like a stand in a hallway. And but she had apparently the best pearls my mom has ever seen. And she went to this woman because like Imelda Marcos like went there mm-hmm. and yeah. all of Imelda Marcos's friends. So obviously being that generation, my mom was enamored and she wanted to be like she was having FOMO. and she just wanted to be part of what all of the women in society were getting from this lady who didn't even have a shop yeah so those are my memories of pearls and it's so weird that I'm like wearing pearls now like like my mom and I you know I have this like Cartier watch because it reminds me of my mom's Cartier watch I'm like turning into my mom even though I'm like a 42 (laughs) year old man (laughs) but like how does it feel you know, what you love is being loved by others in 2022. Well, it's really a dream. It's uh, because pearls have a fascinating story. In fact, I didn't know this until I started to research about pearls, how it's formed and and how long it takes to grow. So I didn't know that pearls could, South Sea pearls could usually take up to four years or even more to become as big as like 18 mm. So that's really huge pearl. And these oysters, especially the the ones that grow South Sea pearls, can grow as big as 30 30 centimeters. So they're massive and you only have one pearl inside. And it's amazing how the process is um, how, well, now it's basically all cultured pearls, meaning, and that's what makes it more sustainable uh, compared to other gemstones. Um, It's farmed. So now it's more pearl farming that's happening when an irritant or a core is placed inside. And then as a as form of protection, the oyster would wrap that irritant with nacre. And that's that nacre is the one that uh, provides the pearl that shine when light hits it. And that's what makes pearls very natural and beautiful, very organic. Does every oyster that we eat, like, did it have a pearl inside of it? No, not all pearl, not all oysters. Not so all oysters what is the pearls. ratio of oysters to oysters with pearls? Oh, that 
fact I have to check. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a specific oyster because a species of there's multiple species of oysters. So the specific oyster that would yield a pearl is called Maxima uh, Pintada Maxima. So it's not all oysters. It's no, just like no. Oh, okay. So there are specific species because there are a lot of pearls. You have South Sea pearls, Akoya pearls, Tahitian, and freshwater pearls. So basically, like Tahitian, South Sea, and Akoya pearls would grow from oysters. And it depends on the lip of the oyster. So the Pintada Maxima has either white, silver, or gold. So all the golden pearls would have a gold, gold-lipped oyster, which is amazing, right? So whatever the color is of the oyster is what reflects on the pearl and even the Tahitian pearls which would be mainly black or gray green these beautiful shades of blue so it really depends so there are species of oysters that would yield those those pearls but for for freshwater which is mainly the most affordable pearl they, they really come from mussels and mussels can have 50 pearls and these pearls can be really small and that's why it becomes more affordable because in a pearl, there are that much, 50 pearls. Ah, sorry, in a, in a muscle, there's 50 pearls. In a muscle? Yeah. <laughs> but I remember eating mussels, like, and they're not as big as the oysters. Yeah. Like, am so I thinking are, about the wrong thing? Yeah. So there are also multiple types of species of mussels. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, I, I have... So what you're uh, eating is not necessarily what, uh, uh, not necessarily <laughs> the pearl, pearl producing oysters okay so i'm not a you know what do you call that like a bio scientist like a the scientist uh, I don't, marine biologist marine biologist yeah, i'm not a yeah. marine biologist and yeah. it's show it's obvious and it's showing okay, uh, we'll, you- <laughs> we'll take a break and when we come back we'll talk more about arrow the brand and how pearls are produced we'll be right back Do we eat the the oyster that makes the pearl? Does that happen? No. So that's a different <laughs> species. So do we eat the like, muscle that makes a pearl as well? I feel like I, you know, <laughs> if I choke on a pearl, I mean it's my lucky day, but also my worst day. You know what? Maybe commercial commercial restaurants wouldn't be using those pearls, but I've heard of some stories. Obviously, people in the Philippines could easily maybe bump into some while diving into some pearls. So it could happen, but not, not ordinarily. Okay. So let's talk about pearl production. And we, we kind of started about it before. And in, when we're talking about diamonds, right. You know, we have like blood diamonds and, or whatever diamonds that you get from the earth. And then um, they also make diamonds in a machine, um, yeah. And by the lab, way, lab-grown like lab diamonds, and and I think the beers or some company, I get you, you know, your marketing background, yeah. and it's all marketing, and because they've managed to convince people that the diamonds from the earth are like somehow more perceptionally valuable than lab-grown diamonds, even though when you break down the science, because, you know, we're, we're all about science now, yeah. post-COVID, yeah. it's like the exact same properties, like chemical properties, like it, there is no way, un, un, you know, 
to differentiate at that like very molecular level, the difference between like a lab grown diamond, it's a diamond. I mean, it's, you know, is there a negative connotation to farm grown? Is it farm grown, lab grown, natural? Like, can you explain how this whole thing works? Yeah. So in the past, well, when Christopher Columbus discovered some seafarers diving for pearls. So that was the way people would harvest pearls by deep diving and getting oysters. In fact, they were really getting the shells or the oysters for the mother of pearl, which they use for buttons. So the side product was the pearl. But now eventually pearls have become more popular and more valuable. If we were to do that now, we would probably be crucified because of um, unfair uh, labor practices. And it's very dangerous to really go dive deep in the ocean, with, especially during that time when they didn't have any gear. So in the early 1900s, this, this guy called Mikimoto <laughs> discovered the process called pearl farming. So he is was this the Mikimoto the brand? Mikimoto? Yes. So he, so he is the founder of cultured pearl farming. And he has actually introduced this new way to make pearls more sustainable. So almost all of the pearls, in fact, over 90% of the pearls in the market and are now cultured pearls. And these are pearls which actually undergo through the same process of growing pearls in pristine waters, except people don't really have to dive deep in the ocean to get them. What they do now is they, it's like a farm. The oysters are in oyster beds that are um, lined up in the water that they put it put down in in the ocean and they go through the same process through the same storms or um, waves movements so in the oyster being protecting itself still goes through that wrapping the irritant with the nacre but now the irritant is inserted into the oyster so that's the main difference what makes an irritant an irritant could be anything that's inserted inside the oyster in this case it's a core, a round object that's inserted in the oyster. And it once it's inserted, it's returned back to the ocean. And that's when the whole the process starts. So the oyster protects itself, wraps that irritant with nacre, and that's what makes the pearl. It wraps it with what? Sorry? Nacre. So the, the oyster, if you've opened the oyster, the, the shell actually has the, you know, that shiny part mm-hmm. which is called mother of pearl yeah so it secretes that and then it wraps it around that nucleus oh. to, and it continues to do that for a number of years until it's thick enough and it becomes a pearl okay so the lady who i buy crystals from she sells like these like oyster shells where you put your like um our palo santo sticks or like our yeah. sage sticks on yeah. that iridescence is actually the iridescence that Yes. is excreted and then goes around the pearl to give that yes. iridescent, um, luminous kind of yes. look. The luster of the pearl. That yeah. luster. Wow. Okay, so basically, does normal diving for pearl still exist in the yes. world? Yes, yes. There are some companies, like in Australia, there are some manufacturers who still do it. Is it uh, like bad ecologically or is it just dangerous for people? It's just more dangerous for people. Right. So they have to employ 
strict regulations on on producing harvesting natural pearls right so basically you know even though i've made the the diamond comparison in if for those who are really buying pearls like because i'm a new purchaser like yeah, yeah i'm not you know my mom or your mom or people's moms yeah um so but it doesn't really that's not really a thing that is a pro- an issue or a problem for people who are who are first time buyers or because, you know, when you're buying a wedding ring and, you know, like, am, am I being shafted? Am I? Be, so yeah. I guess as a normal regular consumer, who's just buying pearls for the first time, I just want to know what makes a good pearl and a bad pearl. Like, you know, if, I don't know. When it comes to telling the difference between a good pearl and a bad pearl, sorry, before I start with that, yeah, yeah. compared to the diamond um, question you had, let me just, have uh, let me just um, say something about that. It's jewelry has always been a personal adornment. It's a form of self-expression or um, showing your wealth, rank, political or religious association, and also um, personal relationships, like personal affection. And that's why we buy. When we wear wedding rings or we buy an engagement ring for at least for for women who I think with regards to diamonds there will always be women or men who would prefer natural and lab grown because it's a personal uh, decision it's by choice and I've been reading in the past and marketing I've, and marketing I have to say of course marketing yeah. it's all about perception and yeah. perception creates reality but in the end it's if what makes natural diamonds uh, valuable is it's also because it's rare the same with pearls natural pearls especially and i guess that's where the the comparison is the same so if you really prefer natural pearls definitely there will be natural there are not natural pearls available in the market you just really have to pay the price for it i guess at this point with with pearls, it's been it's that process of cultured pearl farming is so mature that it's already overtaken natural pearls. In fact, it's what's promoted to be more eco friendly or efficient way of farming pearls. What makes a good pearl and a bad pearl? Well, pearls become uh, are more complicated to grade compared to the four C's of diamonds. But the first thing that you look for in a pearl is luster. How it shines, the iridescence that you were describing earlier, how it shines when the light hits it. So that's the first thing that people look at. Second is shape. And this is no in particular order, whether it's round. Of course, the rounder it is, the more uh, rare. But we have more and more people looking for Baroque pearls that are beautifully imperfectly uh, shaped. But when you see it, well, I'm wearing Baroque pearls now, but it makes it unique. And they're golden in color. Yes. And they're yeah. a bit yellow. They're, where are they those are. from? They're all from the Philippines. Okay. All the pearls from of Arrow are from Palawan, Philippines. But you're yeah. saying that each um, like species of oyster creates a different kind of pearl. So this, the oyster that made my pearl, which is like a keshi pearl, it's a silvery pearl, yeah. is a different oyster than the oyster that made your pearl? But of course, the they're all uh, called 
uh, Pinktada Maxima, but with different types of, with different colors of lips, like golden lip versus silver lipped Pinktada Maxima. Yeah, so there we have uh, shape and then you have the size. So the larger it is, the longer it has been in the ocean, four years to grow a pearl. So the more valuable it is. And then you have the nacre thickness. So that you cannot see with the naked eye. You really have to do lab check to do that. And then it's the surface, how clean it is. Does it have any, any marks or bites? So that's fifth. And also another one is how it's properly matched. So if you're wearing a strand of pearls, how evenly the, the round shape is or the size is in that whole strand of pearls. So those are some of the things that you consider uh, when you define a good and a bad pearl. I personally feel the Keshi pearls, the the one I'm wearing now, is yes. like the more, most interesting one. I know. Um, it's so special. Yeah. Um, but it, how long did it take to make this pearl that I'm wearing now? That one would be about maybe two years, one to two years because of the, the size of it. Right. Sorry. Yeah. So the larger but, the pearl, the longer it took to make it. Yes, but what's the what's beautiful about this keshi pearl is it doesn't have any nucleus. It didn't have any core, so the oyster actually formed that um, as, as pure nacre. So it's all nacre from the start. So it's just a pure beauty. So there was no irritant. No. So an so the, the more circular or orb shaped the pearl is, that means an irritant was put in place. But if it if it has a more irregular look and there was most likely no irritant, uh, not necessarily. So in baroque pearls would all have irritants like that nucleus. But this keshi, since it's keshi pearl, it's a unique pearl that would it's not coming from those farmed pearls uh, or farmed oysters that have been placed a nucleus inside. So this one is very is pure nacre. Is it hollow? Or no. it's it's all solid. Yes. The cashew pearl is all solid. The cashew pearl is all solid. But the one with the nucleus, is the nucleus still inside there? Yes. Yeah. So, so it it's is not- it's nucleus and then the the um material, there's no hollowness to a pearl, is there? No. It really depends. This is really Pearl 101. So yeah, I know. It I really warned depends. you, I would ask these questions. <laughs> it really depends on which which uh, what type of nucleus is in, in, inputted in the pearl, but uh, in the oyster, but right. definitely it shouldn't have any, there's no hollow pearl. Very, very interesting. Are there fake pearls in the market? Oh, yes. What yes. are they made of usually? They're like acrylic, right? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Cause you know how they say how to test a pearl, a real pearl from a, a fake pearl is the tooth test. So when you bite the pearl and it feels grainy, that means it's a real pearl. But if it's smooth and you're, when you bite it, your your teeth just slides through it, then it's a fake pearl. So can we do that when we're shopping sure. for pearls? <laughs> yes. Would, would the can. store person mind? Interesting. Well, because I they... hope not. Because, because the, the pearls are usually very strong gems. They're, they're strong gems. So even yeah. though you bite it, it will not leave a mark. I mean, unless you really try to create a mark, but it's just a mild bite. It shouldn't be harmful to the pearl. 
Okay. Well, there's a Mickey Moto next to my design studio. So I'm going to go yeah. bite every girl <laughs> there just to annoy them. Uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll talk about Aro, the brand and the kind of jewelry that you make and, um, you know, and how you help clients pick out what to wear, I guess. Uh, we'll be right back. I love how you're wearing it. It's beautiful. It's really, it really fits your necklace. Yes, it really, yeah. it's great. And you know, yeah. since you have upgraded the chain, like I haven't had any problem. With yeah. Oh, that's good. At all. That's good to hear. Let me know if anything happens because it's very delicate. It is that's delicate awesome. and I'm still very careful with it, but you know, you added like a larger clasp at the yeah. back and my big fat fingers are, can now like completely yeah. handle yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So it's absolutely great. Arrow, the brand. A-R-A-O. What does that mean? Where did that name come from? Arrow, although spelled A-R-A-W in Filipino, actually means sun. It's also the root word of arrow-arrow, which means everyday. And that's the name arrow was really meant to, to create contemporary fine jewelry that could be worn every day. So arrow is really a fine jewelry uh it's it's really an everyday luxury brand and we aim to kind of like cartier (laughs) (laughs) which is my favorite luxury yes and we we, and since pearls have evolved and transformed into something more versatile timeless and and classic that can be worn every day not just during special occasions like weddings or formal parties Arrow is really encouraging people to bring out their pearls, wear it every day, even during a Zoom meeting, when you're bringing kids to school or when you're having some coffee or tea. It's, it's, some, it's a relationship with your pearl. And did you know that the more you wear the pearls, the more it becomes iridescent, the more oh. it becomes shiny because your bodily oils um, actually, since it's a, natural organic object it it helps it become more more shiny i had no idea that your body oils actually make the object better because usually yeah. like um if you have like a fancy watch made of stainless steel or whatever yeah. and then it's all electroplated like it scratches and stuff so like over time like things like metals like scratch but it's really great to hear that a pearl yeah. just gets reinforced um yeah. and gets more beautiful the more you wear yeah. it yes of course pearls should always be treated with care as well like how you store it because it's also it also gets scratched but at least when you wear it, you know that it gets shinier when you wear it over time. Rather than storing it in a in a safe, you should you shouldn't be storing it in a closed um, area with no air, it has to breathe because it's coming from a an organic uh, it's from an organic object, so yes. it needs to it needs to breathe. All of your jewelry is from Palawan. Yes. All you know everything. Why Palawan? Like how you know what is it about Palawan that that made you, oh, it's like, this is where, you know, it's going to come from. Well, Palawan has been really historically part of the, the ancient trade route of pearls. In uh, fact. I didn't know is, that. That's good. Yeah. Yes. This was the platform where Chinese merchants 
traded with the sea gypsies in the past. So the waters of Palawan boast of the most pristine environment uh, to grow pearls into perfection. And that's why a lot of South Sea pearls are coming from that area in the Philippines. That's absolutely amazing. How many years have they been trading pearls in Palawan? It's been dec- not just decades, centuries before. There's really no clear history of Palawan pearls in Palawan, but you have one of the largest also coming from the Philippines who's been doing it for over 40 years. So definitely it's been there for, for decades. When you started this in 2020, I mean, what was it like starting a business in the midst of COVID? For me, it was the perfect time to start a business. In, well, I was already planning to launch it even before, but due to COVID and my second baby, I had to postpone. So I said, let's just do it. I think being a brand that is starting with e-commerce uh, was just timely to do it during the pandemic. People were at home being quarantined or um, self-isolating. Then they would shop more and more online. So jewelry in the past, before the pandemic, was actually having very low percentage of online buyers, less than thirteen percent, uh, less than ten percent. But now we're seeing a growth in that, driven more by the pandemic. It's now being forecasted to grow by 18 to 20% of purchases online. So I think at that point, it just made me a step ahead in, in the whole journey of all the jewelry brands, because all the, even the bigger jewelry brands are seeing how this goes with online purchases of jewelry. We're going to talk about metaphysical properties later, but um, there is something to say about, you know, how everybody's worried about the world because of pandemic. And, you know, it's it's just a worrisome situation. And there is, you know, people are saying that per, one of the metaphysical benefits of Pearl is peace of mind. But anyway, we could talk about that in a bit. Um, so I think it, it was also a perfect time to, to launch to, you know, more of this spiritually minded you know, market, even though in addition, as we just discussed earlier, that it is embraced by Gen Z and millennial as part of their fashion now, because they've managed to figure out how to wear pearls to match, you know, Balenciaga or whatever, you know, they're wearing. Right. But in that, you know, back to the fashion part of it, what are the different varieties of jewelry that Aro makes? We have a lot of Baroque pearls. We've launched a collection last year called Paradox. And it was really a celebration of different worlds. So you have imperfectly shaped pearl with a polished formed gold or metal. So that's one that was a really exciting collection we had last year which we are still expanding as we grow as we go along. We've seen a lot of people get excited with baroque pearls, not just the women but also the men. We see more and more apart from the necklace that you're wearing, we also see a lot of men wearing strands of baroque pearls or even some danglers with just a baroque silver pearl. So that's um, And then do you also have rings or it's all necklaces and bracelets now, for now. We, now since it's an e-commerce webs uh, we, we started as an e-commerce brand we started with um, earrings necklaces and bracelets so that's what we have now and brooches so 
as we go along, we will also have some rings. I guess the challenge with, with rings is really the size. Sizing, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why, you know, yeah. I'm still, I, well, I don't, I don't wear rings, but, um, but I have started looking into it and, and it's very difficult because you have to yeah. download like a, a ruler and it, it becomes a whole thing. So it, it's, there's more impediment to it. But I mean, I think ring, I, I mean, necklaces are beautiful. That's easier for me. Bracelets are amazing. That's yeah. easier for me. I guess the qu- next question is whatever you're doing online and SEO or whatever is t- completely working because I actually... Before we were introduced by a mutual friend, I actually already knew of the brand. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, and I was already following it on Instagram. Oh, I love it. That's so that's so heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's because I tend to follow Southeast Asian in, uh, contemporary designers um, or, you know, Southeast Asian designers that use natural materials and find a way to aesthetically make it contemporary and modernize. And so that's what I'm inspired by, whether it translates yeah. in my actual design work, I don't know, but that I like th- things like that. So yeah. Instagram actually, you know, introduced me to your brand, you know, to follow and stuff. And I found it really, really great. And and then I was, then we were introduced and in my mind before we were introduced, I was like, oh, they better make a men's collection. And, you know, shortly after we met, we, you know, yes, we, I know. we launched our men's that. collection. Yeah. In fact, that was perfect timing because we were already preparing it when you asked me and when I, when I told you, oh, just wait and see, we'll be coming out with the collection soon. Yeah. And I'm yeah. glad that I'm one of your, your first customers, um, one of the first people that got to try it and I yeah. was featured on your website. So it was really, really great. And you could check out that interview on the website and I'll have the, the link on the show notes. What is the feedback from the market about RL like two years later? Well, the feedback's been very overwhelming. Um, I didn't expect it to be this way. And, and hearing your story just makes my heart full some more. Because when I started it, I didn't realize there was so much opportunity to promote Philippine pearls and make it relevant to various people all over the world. Because when I check my website and see where the inquiries are coming from, it's just not just limited to Hong Kong and the Philippines. There's a lot from the U.S., even from Europe who are inquiring. So it's really, really exciting. Um, I think there was always a need for, and, and I that's why I started Arrow as well. I felt there was a need for a more contemporary, modern brand that could be a form of self-expression of people, whether males or females, and have it worn every day. And that's why I said it's Arrow is really more an everyday luxury brand. And celebrating those small moments, not just the big occasions that we have, especially now during time of COVID when we really have to appreciate what we have. I mean, otherwise we get crazy thinking of what we don't. So I guess that's why linking into the metaphysical benefits of pearls, it's it's uh, it's been a real blessing to, to know that more and more people, uh, that pearls are getting more and more accessible to different types of people, especially to the young. Um, And it's not just seen as an heirloom or a pair or a strand that only my grandmother would wear. Because now, as you said earlier, in Fashion Week, they're featuring so many, um, so many styles with pearls and not just jewelry, even on the clothes. So it's really a good progress for the whole pearl industry. When we come back, we will talk about 
the metaphysical benefits of pearls in one's life. We'll be right back. That it it's it looks good on you now because it, I think it's also since a lot of people they sometimes layer or they like a strand because even I was surprised I saw my my knee my nephew from the U.S. who's half half American wearing well it's not from Arrow but he was wearing a strand of white pearls so it's really really good yeah. news <laughs> it's really great it's really great that guys are wearing it absolutely it I mean every everything is inherently neutral because or like a gem or you know and it's it's yeah. how the market or how people I found like this kind of spirituality I practice and the kind of person I am now got strengthened because I was done with the fear and I was done yeah. with the worrying so I found ways to I found my own spirituality and I found ways to cope the way that works for me you know yeah. like nobody does what I'm doing and everybody does things very differently because everybody's a different person you know I had an episode in the season one you know about crystals and to me crystals vibrationally make me feel so much better and calm and I use it during meditation and then I rem I discovered pearls because I saw more and more on Instagram or in magazines that they would style guys with pearls. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, pearls is great because it's actually a very natural material. And, you know, it's got time and it's, it's eco-sensitive and, and obvious, and I'm a kind of person that believes everything is vibratory and everything has a certain vibration. Obviously plastic, I mean, plastic has a vibration to it, but like rocks have vibration, minerals have vibration and I think there's something romantic and something nice about an oyster making a pearl over time. And, and then, then, then it gets transferred and it really is cherished by our mothers, our grandmothers over generation. And it means a lot to them. And there's that vibrational exchange. So for me, I find pearl, the object healing, you know, something that is that because it connects us and it grounds us to the earth, it grounds us to the ocean. You know, that's where we came from. To you, what do you think? I mean, what what did you look at? Did you look into the metaphysical properties of pearls as maybe a way to, you know, connect with that market as well, like a, a market like me? And, and what do you know about the meta, metaphysical properties of pearls? Well, pearls are generally known to have some calming effects, as you said, for some peace of mind. There's actually a book, it's called Love is in the Earth. Uh, it's a crystal and mineral encyclopedia. And it says that pearls signify faith, innocence, and, and charity. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, that pearls really uh, symbolize power and purity. And this purity can actually stimulate the condition in both one's body and mind. And in doing that, it provides a clear vehicle for the advancing states of wisdom, as, as you were saying, to clean the channel of receipt for spiritual guidance. And I guess that's why you're saying all the more it's relevant now because COVID has transformed our lives tremendously. And it's it's something that we're really looking into as far as how we're selling our brand. And in fact, it's really more educating people. It's people don't really know it because it's inherently in the pearl. It's just really more, how do you educate other people about it? And if they want to embrace it, that spirituality of, of wearing pearls on a regular basis and how it can affect your daily life, 
then that's what we're we're moving towards. I would always have visions of my mom wearing pearl, but when she's in, you know, because COVID, we've split apart. And so we were being more introspective rather than traveling a lot and looking outwards, we're looking inward. So it reminds me of times when my mom would wear her pearls around her neck, but when she was in an introspective mood, she would just kind of like, you know, use her fingers and kind of play with the pearls on her neck. And, you know, it's also something that, I think, you know, in cinema and in movies, when when women are worried about something or thinking about something, they would clutch the pearls. I mean, that's why it's called clutching the pearl, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, because it gives them a calming sense. Uh, yeah. When things are a bit erratic, you can't control the world around you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you hold on to your pearls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something to that. I mean, you know, I think there really is. Yeah, and I, it's always been there, but people just don't really know about it and that's why this is an opp- uh, an opportunity to to share that with other people yeah Are the, you know we know that pearls have so much history the chinese have been trading pearls and in, in southeast asia and oh by the way we quickly rushed past it but where where else do pearls come from in the world well there are a lot of pearls um say south sea pearls actually come from the philippines indonesia Australia and Myanmar, but you have Akoya pearls that grow more in colder uh, waters, specifically in Japan. And then you have Tahitian pearls, more from the Polynesian area. And then, well, freshwater pearls would usually be from from China, Chinese waters. So there are a lot. There are actually a lot of pearls. So this, I'm just giving you some. Are there pearls in Hawaii as well? My mom's favorite song was Pearly Shells. So I'm just wondering. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not so sure about all <laughs> being related to pearls in Hawaii. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, anyway. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. But there are a lot of places where pearls are coming from, where as long as they're pristine waters with a, a rich uh, marine biodiversity, definitely there there are pearls. And what I makes guess. Palawan pearls the best pearls in the world to you? You know, it's really hard to explain. I think some people or some countries have often tried to copy uh, what Palawan produces. And I think it's what's unique about that area. I mean, the water, the the pristine conditions, the the healthy marine life. It's all those things combined, um, the temperature that makes uh, Palawan very, very special and unique. And specifically for South Sea Pearls. Any magical stories about pearls that you know about? Well, one thing that we read was specifically for Keshi that uh, they're saying it's actually a gift from from mermaids. But the truth is the whole yeah, <laughs> that's one thing that we've that they, people say Keshi pearls are gifts from mermaids. But the truth is the whole process of pearls is already a magical magical thing how a pearl is produced from a living organism, such as an oyster. It just makes it very interesting. But I think some of the things that even the most ancient gemstones, the pearl has appeared in, in a, being uh, associated to royalty. It also appeared in the Bible and other ancient documents all over the world. So powerful people throughout history have have, have had passion for pearls. And they said a lot of lives have been sacrificed to collect those natural ones. So I think somehow these myths and legends that allude to the magical properties of pearls are because of where it's coming from. Really wonderful that the way that 
we are rediscovering. I think our generation is rediscovering the magic of pearls. I think it's great that, uh, you know, obviously people put a lot in gold and people put a lot in diamond. And it's great that pearls are getting its day in the sun, i.e. Arau, right? Because Arau means sun. It's getting its day in the sun and it's really like being celebrated. um, It is. Once again, and it's really wonderful. Yes, and I think nowadays in the modern age, the miracle or, or magic of pearls have brought into our world is that it would it allows us to go back to nature, have a state of balance and bliss. And it also reminds us to honor Mother Earth because that's where pearls are coming from, which is really the creator of all things. Remarkable as pearls. If you had to pick a beach vacation or like a vacation in London or Paris, which would you pick? You mean between those two? Mm-hmm. Or like a, a urban uh, vacation or whatever. Well, I've always been a beach girl, especially a surfer girl. But I, I've always picked the beaches in the Philippines. What What is it about the beaches in the Philippines that you love so much? Well, first is it's just beautiful white sand with um, clear, pristine waters. And you get that serenity and peace that you, you you couldn't really get anywhere else, especially in bustling cities. And you have the sun shining on your face, uh, the fresh air, and you, you drink your, your cold cocktail. It's just perfect. It's just like heaven. Is the, does the beach give you like alignment as a person? Like when you get really stressed or whatever, does surfing, is that your thing that, oh, yes, that brings you peace? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I would always always liken surfing to life because surfing can be really epic when you have good waves and it's beautiful, clean, but it could also be a, a massive wipeout and just really rough rough uh rough surf session so it can be in just one day so (laughs) it's just life and i think for me i'm very close to the ocean i'm from the philippines i I love the water and that's why i'm a lover of pearls because they come from the water and i have friends who are in switzerland actually and they're saying they wear pearls because it brings them close to the water and it's their way of unite reuniting with or at least uniting with with nature being close close to water, even though they're far away from home. And I, is it amazing and wonderful that you have now devoted your life and made a career with the thing that you love, which is pearls, because it's got a direct relationship to the ocean. Yes, yes. Did you ever see yourself being a pearl person, like be in the business of pearls? Well, I always loved wearing pearls when I was young. Well, I, I would try on my mother's or my grandmother's, but I'd never imagined to be a an entrepreneur uh, selling pearls. But I think one of the things that makes it even more personal is because I have two children who are living in a foreign country and having a German father as well. So I, I also wanted it to be something ingrained in them, something that they can be proud of about the Philippines. And that's why I tell them these are the these are the best in the world, and they're from the Philippines because because they don't really know the Philippines so much. That's great that you're able to you know bring your love with the ocean, bring bring your love with pearls, bring a 
bring the love for your country and be able to package that all together as, you know, a way to move forward with your life. You know, I just wanted to add another benefit of pearls that they were saying, like even when Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton, gave birth to Prince Louis, she wore a simple pearl uh, after giving birth when, when the prince was presented to the world. And it was a symbol of the myths would actually say that pearls help in strengthening relationships with children, especially during vulnerable times, uh, like post-birth. That's why she wore pearls. So it's very interesting how their meaning to, to these when people wear pearls as well. I always think when I think of pearls, I always think about her mother, my mother, my mom, my mom, my mother, and how she really was. Pearls help her calm, calm down. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. I would always see her with her pearls. And I see it, I look at her and that whole thing with affection. So that makes sense. So I completely understand the relationship of pearls and, and having a connection with children. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so that's really great. Well, that's all the time we have. For today to talk about pearls, where can our listeners find you and where can they learn more about Arrow? They can visit our website. It's www.thearrowlife.com or they can also go to our two retail outlets at the Chalets at 16 Aberdeen Street in Central or in the Philippines. We also have a display in AC 6B2 located at Greenbelt 5 in Makati. And also on Instagram. Of course. Yeah, you can reach me Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. So just look for The Arrow Life. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I will be seeing you soon. Yes, Um, thank you so much, uh, JJ, our first man of pearls. Yes. um, Our wearer of Keshi Secret Pearl. Thank you so much. It's been very interesting chatting with you. So happy, so happy to chat with you and learn so much about pearls. I mean, I knew nothing, zero. So uh, apologies for all the crazy questions. No, no, no worries. I think it's really wonderful. So thank you for helping me get my first pearl. And, <laughs> thank uh, you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Align by Design was brought to you by Archipelago Media, a division of Archipelago Limited, Hong Kong. Our amazing theme music was composed for us by Ollie Shelton, a Brighton-based composer, producer, and pianist specializing in ambient, electronic, and alternative music. He is half of the UK duo Pella and works alongside a range of up-and-coming artists and established acts around the globe. You may contact him on Instagram at o underscore s underscore music and ollieshelltonmusic.com. That's O-L-L-Y Shelton music.com. You may contact me on Instagram at jj.acuna. That's at jj.acuna. You may also follow us on our new Instagram account for the podcast at Align by Design with JJ. That's at Align by Design with JJ. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We thank our guests and partners of the podcast. And as always, take time to align by your very own design, whatever that may be.